Elementary music teacher friend, you love what you do, but you might feel unappreciated and, in fact, unseen some days. You may even feel like you're on a music teacher island and just want to connect with other music teachers who can relate to both your struggles and wins when it comes to teaching elementary music. I get you and understand completely the feelings you're having. That's why each and every week, the Elementary Music Teacher Podcast will provide you with solo and guest episodes that will help you realize you're not alone in your music teaching journey. Throughout each episode, my goal is for you to be able to walk away with actionable steps and ideas to help you feel like you're ready to take on the new week with whatever challenges may be thrown your way. Hi, I'm your host, Jessica Peresta, and I'm so glad you're here. Whether you're at home, in your car, in the shower, or wherever else you're listening, grab your cup of coffee or whatever other beverage is nearby and listen in to the Elementary Music Teacher Podcast. Hi, I'm Steve Maletto from the Teaching Learning Leading K-12 podcast, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Hey, music teacher friend, I want to let you know about a free guide called Five Steps to Simplifying Your Lesson Planning. We know as an elementary music teacher how stressful it can be planning lessons every single week for all the grade levels you teach that need to meet the state or national standards, that will reach different learning styles, and that are also fun and engaging for your students. If you've had thoughts like, am I doing this whole lesson planning thing right? Then check out this guide. It will help you with lesson planning with ease. So simply head to subscribe.thedomesticmusician.com forward slash simplifying lesson planning or check out the link in the show notes. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm excited today to be joined by Adrian Gordon. We are going to talk about building a strong music program in the first five years. And I'm really excited to hear from him. And we were talking about how he just had a book that came out and all of the things he does in his career. And I'm really excited for you to get to know him better and for us to dive into this conversation. So before we get going, Adrian, I would love for you to introduce yourself to the listeners today. Sure. Well, thank you for having me. I'm Adrian Gordon. Um, I'm originally from Miami, Florida, and I am currently living in Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, and I teach orchestra to uh, fifth through 12th grade students. Um, and I've kind of had several different hats. I've been a general music uh, teacher for K through four. I've done, uh, I've been an assistant band director. I've been a choir director for elementary and middle school and uh, most currently string orchestra, which is my really my passion. So awesome. that's my kind of my history. And I'm also a composer as well. I compose music for uh, for strings, the elementary, middle and high school levels. That's so cool. I love that. I love how you have your, you know, your hat in a lot of different areas. And you're also an author. So tell us a little yeah. bit about the book you wrote that came out when not too long ago, right? Yeah, just a few weeks ago, right before Thanksgiving. Um, it just kind of came up. It, well, it took me three years to write, but it came about because I was, like I said, I, I've kind of worn 
several different hats mm -hmm. and I, I saw a lot of overlap and connecting points through each transition. Mm -hmm. And in my last transition, it was a bit challenging. So I actually had to dig deep and think about, okay, I've done these things before. How do I clarify what I need to do? Maybe if I write it down, maybe if I talk these things through with other colleagues and friends, and that's what I did. And then as I started to progress, I realized, man, this is something that's really not out there as a resource for music educators, um, especially during uh, the COVID uh, time period you know people are transitioning and, and moving around and so I figured hey why don't I take all these ideas that I've written down and publish it and hopefully it can help people and you know I talk about in the book I dedicate it to music educators because I feel as though we as music educators are supposed to leave the profession in better shape than we found it and I kind of feel like this is one way that I can contribute and help out and, and do that through this book that's so cool. So we're going to talk about building a strong music program, but specifically in the first five years. So I know whether it is elementary music, secondary music, that first five years, like let's talk about year one, especially, oh my gosh, it is overwhelming. And you go in there just yeah. knowing what, kind of having an idea of what you should do, but it is just like you said, there's a lot that goes into it. And so just give us any advice you have around what it takes to build a program in the first five years. Well, I, I think in the, in, the first, um, in the first place, we have to think about our, our physical uh, health, mental health, musical health, emotional health. Uh, and that, that precedes even thinking about a single note of music. Um, and I, I equate it to when you're on an airplane, you hear the uh, flight attendant get on the microphone and say, you know, if the, um, if the oxygen mask drops, be sure to place yours on before you help anybody else. And I think it's, it's so pertinent to what we do as music educators, because we're no good to our students if we don't really take care of ourselves. So in the book, I talk about um, taking care of your, your physical well-being, um, like taking breaks uh, when you need to define the chaos, use the restroom. I remember when I made my last transition, I was working so hard I would even delay using the bathroom, you know, just mm. getting so busy, so overwhelmed. And that's really not a good idea and not healthy. Mm -hmm. So we got to defy that chaos, take those breaks when you need to, uh, eat well, um, prepare, plan ahead, get some healthy snacks to take along to work with you. Um, and then also getting some sleep. I think that's a big part of being a functional uh, music educator, let alone functional human being. Right. <laughs> uh, but um, I, I think what happens a lot of time as music educators, we don't really leave work at work. We take it home with us. And I think a lot of times our minds wander and keep us up. So I've kind of sworn by um, Google Task right now. And I, I just write down all these notes and tasks that I have to do. So it doesn't keep me up. And I, and I can kind of rest easy and know that it'll be there in the morning and um, I can get some sleep and, and be ready to hit it again the next day. So that's what I talk about in terms of physical health. Um, and I think that's one of the, more, the most important things. Um, and like I said, that's before you even sing or play a single note. Um, and then I also talk about in the book, your musical health. Uh, I've seen a lot of colleagues and uh, friends out there who, who say things like, you know, I, I teach, I don't play anymore. And you know, I know everyone has their personal opinion about it, but I think that's, that's such a mistake. You know, I think in the midst of your transition and uh, and your building um, 
the time of building your program, I think there's so much going on that you really do need an anchor to kind of help you remember who you are as a professional, and that's a musician. And what better way than to have your instrument uh, on a daily basis? And, and it doesn't mean that you, you know, you play your instrument, you know, at Carnegie Hall level uh, performance, but just you, you pick it up, you know, musicians play. So I would say that maintaining your musical health and uh, playing your instrument, um, even if it's two minutes, three minutes, five minutes, that's okay. But at least you're mm -hmm. playing and you're, you're staying grounded with your instrument. And I think it's important for your students to see that you play as well. Mm. You know, you are their role model, and um, particularly in the uh, in, in the beginning stages. So, I, with my elementary students, it's such a vital role for me to play for them and to mm. mimic and model proper technique, um, conceptual ideas on the instrument. So, it's important for me to play. And I, I can't really give that up. And it also keeps me sane. You know, it's something that I love. I, I wouldn't have gone into this profession if I didn't love music and I didn't love people. Um, so keeping that going is really important. And then, you know, in the book, I also talk about in terms of the beginning things that you need to really develop a program, your mental and emotional health. Um, I think it's important that we set those boundaries early on. And, you know, things like leaving early some days, not every day, but some days you just leave early. Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes I think it's important to just sit in your car and get refuge in your car. It's like your home away from home. And um, a lot of times what I'll do is I'll, if, if I need to take 10, 15 minutes and just sit in my car, listen to some music or say a prayer or just clear my mind, it's going to be quiet. There, no one's going to be bothering me. And I just take those 10 minutes and you know, if you can, if that's something that's feasible for you in your schedule. Mm -hmm. um, I also think it's important to spend quality time with your family and your friends. You know, we get so caught up. Like I said, we don't typically leave work at work as music, music educators because it entails so much, you know, it, a lot of time, a lot of energy, a lot of creativity. Um, and we end up giving the, our loved ones the short end of the stick. And I think it's important to reprioritize and say, you know what? I'm going to spend time with my family. I'm going to spend time, quality time with my friends and um, basically fill my own cup, Yeah, you know? Um, and I think that's a big part of your emotional and mental health and um, also taking mental health days. You know, I think it's important that uh, we don't take just sick days, but mental health days. Mm -hmm. And we say, you know what, I'm going to take a day off and I'm just going to catch up on things that I need to do and, you know, and feel good about yourself. Mm -hmm. So that's in terms of your your personal health that's the big the, the big ideas that i talk about in the book uh, for developing a strong program because like i said if you don't take care of yourself you're going to be no good for your students or for anybody else in your community i love how you started off with talking about that because typically if you ask someone about what would you say to a new teacher or a teacher within their first five years of teaching music it would be all the which all of this advice is needed but all the logistical you know do this start with this mm -hmm. teach this concept do this throughout the school year all that's necessary but like you said if they don't focus on themselves first then they're going to be it's just going to be this ever-growing um stress bubble that never goes right. away 
because they're not tackling who they are as an individual before being a teacher. And so I love that you started with that before even giving any logistical, you know, hope about like the teaching aspect behind teaching. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's important. Like I said, before you even play or sing a single note, that has to be in order that that house of cards has to be in order. Otherwise, like I said, you're not going to be good for anybody and you want to have longevity uh, in these positions and you want to do well for your students and for your community, but you got you, it's important. You got to take care of yourself. So mm -hmm. that's why I start the book like that. And uh, one of the things I start with the book with, because I think it's really important. Mm -hmm. In the first five years, what would you say a music teacher maybe needs to focus on each year in order to develop their program. Maybe they're like, I was in a situation where I walked into a school that hadn't had a music program for seven years. And so whether it's a situation like that or a teacher's following in the footsteps of um, a teacher that was there before them, or they're just building a new program, what would you say to them? What would be like the starting point of do this day one and then over the next five years, you can kind of develop your program in this way? Well, I, I kind of bring it back to the self again, before you even, you know, pick up the baton or pick up an instrument. There's three questions that I like to ask. And I ask mm -hmm. myself every time I transition. And, and those three questions are, why am I teaching music? Um, who am I as an educator? And then what is my vision? And if I can express those three things, everything else will fall into place logistically. So when I talk about why am I teaching music in the book, I talk about your why versus your what. Um, I think a lot of times we get wrapped up in the day-to-day -day daily grind and um, checking off boxes. And we, we may tend mm -hmm. to forget why we're doing what we're doing that. Yes, we do love music. We want to see our programs flourish, but more than anything, I think we are in the field of people mm, that's and good. we're in the field of uh, caring for people and music has the power to do that. So we have to remember why we're doing what we're doing and that music happens to be the vehicle uh, for touching lives. And I think if we're on board with that, then everything else kind of falls into place. You know, we, we filter mm -hmm. our, our program through that lens. Um, and then I, the second question I, I talk about in the book is who am I as an educator? So I give myself the, the descriptors of strong, uh, gracious, and caring. So every single interaction that I have uh, with my community has to be uh, filtered through the, the, you know, those descriptors. And uh, it's important that you don't do that just at the beginning when the paint's wet, you know, you're, you're still getting to know people and you're putting on that, that big old smile, but really when things are difficult and things mm. are challenging, who are you? Because setting that tone for your students and for your program is gonna allow them to trust you and feel as though, okay, it's not just about the content in the class, it's about me as a person. And if your students trust you, they're really going to go along with you to the moon and back, you know? Yeah. So, you know, that's the second question that I ask. And then um, the third question, which kind of gets more technical and more uh, logistical, I say, uh, what is your clear vision? So I think it's important to have a clear and broad vision that can include just about everybody in the program. Um, and I also encourage music educators to involve the students get their input and see, okay, what is it, what is it that they want as part of the program? Um, and once you have a clear and broad vision, you got to think about, okay, what am I going to do to implement this? Mm -hmm. um, and it's got to be strategic and it's got to be incremental. 
So that's the biggest component. You know, I, I've seen really bad outcomes when you try and do too much at once. It, it's too much of a shock to the system, especially if you're following behind a beloved teacher. Um, so I think it's important to keep whatever traditions have been, uh, unless they're egregious, <laughs> you know? I, yeah, I, right. I, I've seen some programs, I've walked in some programs where the mantra has been, hey, there's no practice. And that doesn't necessarily jive well with uh, building proficiency on an instrument, mm -hmm. just like it wouldn't with any other uh, subject area. So, and it doesn't mean that you have to be practicing an hour or two a day. But if we can make it something small uh, and again, make those changes incremental, I think it's really important to um, the development of the students. Getting that vision to be really clear and then sharing it often mm -hmm. and then letting your students know when they're hitting those benchmarks. So if they're doing something that's really stellar, talk about it. Say, hey, this really meets our, our mission statement or, or vision or goals. Um, and then again, you filter all your actions and your goals through that through that lens. So if there's something that you're trying to do, like I even have to check myself, oh, I really want to play that piece of music. Is that more for me or is that more for the students in the program and for their benefit, things that are going to be really educational for them? And if, it's, if it doesn't meet those standards, you kind of got to push it to the side, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's what I would recommend. Those three questions in, in terms of, and it, that, that doesn't really speak to the, um, teaching style it doesn't really yeah. speak to okay how am I going to go about communicating the music it's really just about who am I as a person why am I doing this and then bringing the students in and honestly unless you're doing something egregious if you've got those three questions answered no matter what your style and your your communi uh, communication style is you're gonna bring students along they're gonna follow you you know what I mean yeah yeah absolutely yeah it goes back to the heart of who they are as a person and like i love that you said that why are you doing this your why versus your what that was a good statement when you said that that's so true to go back to that um and a newer teacher may not know their why at first well they may know why they wanted to become a music teacher but as they're in the classroom they'll discover their why even more as they're in there and they get going so uh how can a music teacher keep the momentum going after the first five years well, I think it's important. I, I talk about this in the book as well, building community. I think if you build community and involve people, I think that's the best way to do it because it all can't be sustained from you. So I think the more you can involve students in different tasks around the program, like, hey, maybe you're going to be a social chair or you're going to have parents who are going to volunteer and maybe do some filing or parents volunteer to do some chaperoning uh, or students who come in and help clean, you know, it can't be all from one person. Otherwise, you will be burned out. Mm -hmm. And I say in the book, there's no uh, award for the most stressed out and burned out teacher. There's no badge of honor for that. Right. You know, and we, again, we want longevity. So yeah. I think it's important to build that community and involve people. And, and the way I talk about it in, the, in the book is really simple things. Some, some of them are free. So building community can look like asking your, your students how they're doing, you know, maybe attending one of their extracurricular uh sports events and, and maybe it's something that a couple of them are doing so you're not going to a million different you know events um also team building events like sometimes we'll do uh, a movie night or we might do ice skating or bowling so that we're all feeling like we're accountable to each other and uh, we're all a part of the team and that we can all contribute and it doesn't just come from 
me as their teacher. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Mm -hmm. So I think that's important. And then something, you know, quirky things that I do to build community, like I, I will start each class out with a dad joke, a <laughs> dad joke. So, you know, at first my students were like, oh my gosh, this guy. <laughs> <laughs> but after a while, it starts to become, you know, part of their day. And, and I guarantee you, if you make it cringy enough, those who aren't, who aren't fully awake, they will be. <laughs> oh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> those dad jokes will pierce their souls. So <laughs> That's so funny. So, yeah, those are, you know, and that's free. That doesn't cost you anything. It's mm -hmm. just a fun thing to connect with them. Um, and build that community so that you really do have longevity and you can um, feel like it's a team and, and group effort uh, similar to what you see in an athletic program. It's not all from the head coach. There's different people making all these uh, moving parts come together. So I think yeah. that's important for us as music educators as well. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're just starting out your career, longevity is the name of the game. It is knowing that you you touched on this earlier too that i was guilty of this trying to do way too much in my first year in my first five years trying to get through yeah. way too much okay i gotta build the program i gotta have this they need students need to be in this place i need to get these instruments and it just became i was stressed out because going back to focusing on yourself it doesn't all have to be done right away. You can give yourself goals right. to reach. And then um, what the neat thing is, is after year five, you feel like you kind of, you know, you kind of know what you're doing a little bit more. You can loosen up yeah. a little bit more. You, do you feel that? Yeah, I think um, it's important. That's, and that's the big idea that I, and I, I try and follow this, even in my own transition right now, as I've just transitioned to uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. I think the big idea is to give yourself grace. Mm. and realize that you can't do all these things in, in a day you can't do them in a month you can't do them in a year there's a process and, and there's a flow to the development of your program i think uh in the book i talk about year one it's mainly introducing those incremental changes and buy-in you want people to buy into your vision and not everybody will uh, and that's okay yeah. but as long as you have committed to those descriptors that we talked about at the beginning of our conversation yeah. Like I said, it's mine are strong, grace, gracious, and caring. If I've committed to those things and I've been that to each student, if everyone doesn't fall in line and come on board, then it's okay. You know, it's not going to be for everybody. Um, so, and I think year number like two and three will be more about uh, recruitment and retention uh, from the initial changes that you've made. And then as you get to year like four and five, it's it, it's more about maintenance and, and just keeping the program that you've built going. Mm. Um, and outcomes now, you're seeing the outcomes of your of your work. So yeah. it's it's like a three to five year process. Mm -hmm. There's no specific number, but that's what we mm -hmm. typically see in three to five years. You take ownership of that program. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it just takes time, and just give yourself grace, like you mentioned and mm -hmm. know that things will not happen overnight and i think that's where a lot of frustration with newer teachers comes into place or like you said if you're at a new school it can feel like you're starting over mm -hmm. is the fact that you're you're just frustrated because you know um what you where where you want to go and you know it's just going to take time to get there but it's about playing the long game and being yeah. patient because yeah. even if you are an experienced teacher and you're transition transitioning you know, you, you're not the same person that you were at your last transition. 
you know, so things yeah. are going to be different. You know, I've heard that quote and I can forgive me. I can't remember who said it, but a man never enters the, the a river twice hmm. because the water is different and the man himself or the woman herself is different as well. So that even that experience entering that, that body of water has, has changed. So, you know, turn a corner and you, and you relate that to your transition at your new school, you're different. Your life circumstances may have changed. The school culture is different. The administration, the student body, everything now is different. So it, it can be frustrating to think, yeah, I'm a professional. I've done this before, but why is it not sticking the way I'd like? And it may just be a matter of, hey, it's just going to take time. It's not mm -hmm. anything I've done wrong per se, but it's just going to take time because I am a different person. My circumstances are different, different community, and all of that will take time for me to learn. But in the meantime, you know, I give myself grace and do the best that I can. And at the end of the day, remember, there's no badge of honor for the most stressed out teacher. And the most important thing you can do is take care of yourself. Yes. I love how you keep going back to that because it's so true. And that's something that is not touched on enough. It's just self-care is kind of just thrown around like a, you know, common term now. But it is so important to take care of yourself and to put yourself first and to know that, you really can't pour from an empty glass. And if you're feeling depleted, your students will see that you're going to feel it. You're not going to show up as your best and it, it just affects you in all areas. So it's so true. You got to focus yeah. on yourself before anyone else, for sure. And I've had the luxury of having, you know, the ability to see students graduate. And I have two students that stood out to me. You know, one of them said, as I left my last position, she said to me, you know, you've really taught me the value of family. And that had nothing to do with music, you know, but she was still learning from me in the way that I um, took care of my family. You know, I talk about my family. I, I bring them along. It's I, I talk about how important they are to me. Um, so that was really important to hear students say that. And it had nothing to do with me being up on the, po on the podium conducting. And then another student told me that, um, you know, being in my orchestra program from freshman year to senior year really changed her and she you know she's not a music major and she's not uh, as passionate as I am about music but the, the yeah. experience changed her and it's important that we're demonstrating those life skills and like I said music happens to be the vehicle for these students yeah so good so we've talked about a lot today is there any other advice you want to share with the listeners before we go yeah, I would say just trust in your professionalism, be professional, um, and remember that you can't do it all in a year, and you can't do it all in a month, you can't do it all in a week, but remain professional, because you, you can't, you can't dictate how um, events come at you, but you can dictate how you respond, so that's, that's an important idea to remember throughout your transition and through your year. Okay, so good. Let everybody know where they can connect with you after this episode. Sure. If anyone wants to connect with me, uh, I'm online. I'm all over social media, but the main way would be through my website at adriangordonmusic.com. Awesome. And make sure you check out his book. And thank you so much for coming on today. This has been a great conversation, Adrian. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. 
Well, hey there. Thank you so much for listening into the Elementary Music Teacher Podcast. There is an exclusive Facebook group just for listeners of this podcast and any elementary music teacher called the Elementary Music Teacher Community Facebook Group. Come on over and join us there where we have conversations around the podcast episodes and encourage each other each and every week. And also head to my website, thedomesticmusician.com. I have some free resources there that you can download to help you gain traction in your classroom today as well as the blog and the membership site and all kinds of other goodies to help you keep going in your music teaching journey. I cannot wait to keep connecting with you and encouraging you and spurring you on in your journey of teaching elementary music. Hang in there, have an amazing week, and I will see you soon.